it wasn't quite as jump into crazy as it sounds, um, but it was pretty jump into crazy. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Gabby and I spend a lot of time traveling and we often get asked by family and friends how we go about staying healthy while on the road. Well, the secret sauce to staying healthy on the road, it's actually a juice. Keeping our bodies and minds nourished while on a plane, train, or automobile is essential to ensuring that the best last minute deals on Airbnb keep getting delivered to your inbox each week. And that's why we love Happy Moose Juice, our one-stop shop for zero added sugar, immune boosting super juices. Happy Moose Juice is like a hit workout for your immune system. Their cold pressed juices and wellness shots use the freshest of the fresh fruits, vegetables, and herbs, all sustainably grown and handpicked by family farmers. Each delicious morsel is picked at peak ripeness and then promptly pressed to ensure mind blowing flavor. Happy Moose is like a cheat day for your brain and body. If you're not really a green juice person, just wait until you've tried apple bottom greens or charred knock life. You'll be feeling like a juiced up daddy Warbucks singing, I don't like it, I love it, in no time. Staying healthy on the road can be hard, but Happy Moose makes it easy. Explore Happy Moose's collection of carefully crafted juices and wellness shots at www.happymoose.com. And you can get $15 off your first order when you use the discount code SPONSTANIUS at purchase. Again, that's SPONSTANIUS at purchase for $15 off your order. In just a moment, you'll meet Kelly Cronin, the creator of Cronin Castles, which is a new collection of unique short-term rentals. Kelly has always loved to travel and refers to herself as a professional travel hacker. She once scored an $11 Southwest flight from Wisconsin to Puerto Rico. By the time she had visited all 50 states, Kelly had fallen in love with just too many places, and she began to brainstorm ideas for how she might ensure that she returned to some of her favorites. And that's when she started seriously looking into acquiring unique tiny homes that she could transform into short-term rentals. Before long, she'd bought a home in Vieques, Puerto Rico, and then one in Alaska, and then another in Utah. Oh, and this was all over the course of a single year. By the way, she was still living thousands of miles away from all of these locations in Wisconsin. Tune in to hear the delightful story of how Kelly transformed her dream of owning a little part of the places she loves most into a reality. A reality which guests from all over the world can now also enjoy. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Kelly Cronin. So Kelly, tell me the story behind your very first experience with Airbnb. Where did you go? What kind of place did you stay in? And just what was the experience like overall? 
So I'll tell you, I was a very late adopter. And I know this because my boss at the time, who's probably, you know, one of those people who's very technologically savvy, but not the hippest human being on this planet. <laughs> um, big shout out, Dr. Dylan, you're amazing. Uh, had mentioned, hey, have you ever heard of this Airbnb thing? Huh. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I think you're on crack. So... <laughs> Lord love him. He had mentioned it. And then I was doing a, a trip down for a veterinary conference I was speaking at to Florida. And I was like, oh, I'm going to give this a try, you know, try and do something a little bit less expensive. You know, um, I was on a little bit of a budget for that convention and uh, I stayed at the most delightful, delightful place right on the right on the keys. And it was these gentlemen who owned um who owned a house and just rented out a room. So okay. it was like both feet in, you know, I'm going to stay at a place with another person. And, um, it was incredibly shared space, like had to knock on the bathroom door to, <laughs> to go shower and things <laughs> like that. Um, but it was, it was this idyllic garden, beautiful place with a little, um, porch and a ton of animals. They had like a aviary back there and just, if I had stayed there for more than one day and if I wasn't running around for this conference, it would have been such like a Zen experience. Um, and just, just really delightful human beings too. So it was, it was definitely an interesting stay in so many ways and we had really nice conversations and I was only there for two days, but it was, it was definitely the, um, quintessential, like I've fallen in love with Airbnb type of experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. It's funny because I feel like most people that at least I've had on the show, their first stay wasn't in the room of, you know, somebody else's home. But I do think and I actually uh, my wife and I have stayed in like over 50 Airbnbs over the last uh, mm -hmm. little more than a year now. And we've actually yet to stay. And this is this is really just because of COVID. Like if COVID wasn't around, I think we would be more comfortable with it because uh, we love people. But we have we've yet to stay in the home with with somebody else. But our favorite stays of all have been when there's at least been a little bit of host interaction. And I think that there is something special about getting to know a little bit more about the person who created the space, right? And mm -hmm. why they decorated it the way that they did and why they think the way that they think, right? And why they, you know, left the goodies that they left uh, for you upon arrival. It's just, it just makes the experience uh, a, a real experience as opposed <laughs> to just a place to stay. Well, and we're trying to kind of bridge that gap because one, as you'll as you'll find out, like most of our Airbnbs, most all of our Airbnbs are are not near us. And so there's just no feasible way to meet the guests. And so trying to make sure that we've lift those little touches that we have created the chef's kitchen because, you know, my significant other is a chef like oh, wow. he loves nothing more in the world than cooking for our caretakers and, and making some big feast and things like we're, we're trying to develop having chickens on on property. In fact, we got our first chicken egg out of the yard today in Vieques. And so just constantly thinking about like, how can we, how can we infuse ourselves in that space? Yeah. But also like, how can we, how can we make sure that the, the guests feel that interaction, even though there is none because we're 2000 miles away? Yeah. And I think that that is a wonderful challenge to take on and, and really get creative with. Cause there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ways to do that. And even for folks who live pretty close to their properties, even if, even if it's an hour, hour and a half away, 
I mean, nine times mm-hmm. out of 10, you're not going to meet people, right? So like, how right. are you How are you being creative about thinking about what does it look like to infuse, as you said, a little bit of yourself into the overall mm-hmm. experience? I love that. Well, and part of that is just, you know, even your email interactions, just making sure that like our first email interaction with someone explains who we are and why we're doing this and just mm. really gives them a good sense of, hey, we're not some, you know, we're not Marriott. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, and as someone who knows, you know, a bunch of folks who've who've run Marriott um, because of where I work my day job, like it's it's just so nice to not be nameless and to not be faceless and to have that really close connection, and um, you know where we we're humanized, you know. Yeah, I love that. That's uh, very very well said, and I I like I like the idea of thinking about what is one or two things that you can do to just help elevate the experience slightly so that people remember that Mm -hmm. this is somebody's home, right? Like this is, this isn't just a room, right? And in many cases, even if it is a room in somebody else's home, it's still, it's still a room that somebody else uses or or used at some point in their life, right? And like, there's a, there's a rich history to the place. And what does it look like to pay a little bit of, you know, homage to what came before um, or, or how the space is used beyond your short stay there. Yeah. And I mean, at this point we have uh, five houses total and it's definitely a situation where, um, you know, yes, they're not the houses that we live in. And so there's a little disconnect there, but they're still our babies. Like we, you know, we love them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, I want to get into all of this and I, you got, you have such an interesting story, Kelly, that I can't wait to share with everyone listening today, but I want to, I want to, I, I, you know, have to call this out because you, I think might have listened to more behind this day's podcast than, you know, even my wife has listened to or been forced to listen to. Uh, he sent me an email, uh, a few weeks ago saying that you had binged a bunch of episodes while on your way from Florida or on your way to Florida rather from Baltimore and so I, I wanted to ask, as we kicked off our conversation today, what was a, an episode or two that you particularly enjoyed? So what I'll say is I'm I'm on round two. Oh at gosh! This point. Oh no! Mm-hmm. That's a Just lot saying. of Zach voice time, Kelly. Gosh, that's I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't listen to myself for that long. So. No one likes their own voice. It's just how it is, but it it's perfectly listenable. Um, my absolute favorite episode was the glamping episode with Alla and Garrett Hunt. Ah, yes. Re- <laughs> You've just mentioned them. <laughs> yeah, that's funny how that works out. Yeah. Um, and the reason that I, I love it so much is just because of the fact that it really speaks to exactly what we've been trying to do. You know, we just we have the idea of it doesn't have to be on grid. It doesn't have to be, you know, in a a transited city for it to be someplace that you want to go. And they're just talking so much about like, this is how we've made something that's livable, but that's out in nature. And that is not, you turn on the TV. I mean, purposely at this point, we don't have a TV in our spaces. Yeah. Now likelihood is that we'll probably pull that trigger at some point, but there's something to be said for, like when we go down to Vieques or when we go out to Alaska, sitting on the front porch and just being yeah, and seeing the stars and talking to each other. Shocking how that doesn't happen until you're TV-less. Yeah. Yeah. So well said. And what's so fun about what they're doing and what, what you all are doing too is 
I feel like this is a growing trend, especially around, you know, millennial travelers and whatnot of, you know, hey, you have to be so intentional about getting off and uh, off, you know, the grid and disconnecting from the matrix. And it's really, really hard to do. And that's why there's all these, you know, really cool brands, even sort of like more, you know, chic glass box stays. Like I think Getaway is, is a brand in the space doing some cool things. And you literally like you do not have Wi-Fi, right? Like, I mean, it's crazy. It's it, and it there's no TV, there's no Wi-Fi and that that's intentional. And it's funny to think that like that's actually a premium experience that people now like actually want to pay for. Right. And so I think the place is well, like, no joke, though, Zach, as, as much as we are super off grid, we have a dish connection. We have yes. a secondary line. <laughs> we have a fast internet connection. So we're taking care of you, all of you outside business we workers. Go. Like if you need to come cast podcasts from uh, from one of our places, I'll be able to do so. You. Okay, great. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that because I didn't want to, you know, spoil. I, I I guess what I'm saying is that there is a market, right? There is a growing market for people that do crave experiences that allow them to disconnect. And I think for the Airbnb hosts that like want to lean into that, that's awesome. And there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. My personal preference is, yeah, I want to be a little off the grid, but I still want to be able to, you know, have a Zoom call and podcast and maybe, you know, watch an episode of Yellowstone or something like that, right? So like, I, I think that that's uh, to, to each his own. Um, but I think what what's important is you don't need to have, you know, you don't need to go all out. You don't need to have a, you know, 80 inch flat screen TV in order to call yourself uh, an Airbnb. And I think that that's an important reminder for her, for hosts as they're kind of crafting their mm-hmm. their spaces well now I'll, I'll say in our guest book it says open at your own risk wi-fi password <laughs> Ooh, i like that that's good that's good kelly um <laughs> well great so you are relatively new to the short-term rental game but have made what i would consider to be a a very bold entrance onto the scene mm-hmm. so you bought a roundhouse in Puerto Rico, Vieques specifically, uh, which I had to Google what where Vieques was because I had never <laughs> even heard of it, uh, to be candid with you. So you'll have to tell us where that is. But uh, you have a roundhouse uh, in Vieques. You've got a tiny cabin in Utah, and then you've got a dome house in Alaska. And I believe if uh, my research served me correctly, you got all of this within the last year. Um, so yeah. Go back to the beginning for us, if you will, and tell us what inspired you to become a STR host in the first place, and how the heck did you go about deciding where to acquire property from? So how we how we kind of got started in this is um, it's really selfishly the inspiration of travel. I I really wanted places around the world that were mine to travel to, or that would force me to, and, and think, frankly, it's all about, these are places that I've gone and I went and I, I literally thought to myself, there is nothing better in this world than this place, mm. but I have more than one yeah, and that becomes problematic. Right. So it was definitely one of those things where, uh, you know, we did a, a whim trip to Puerto Rico and we did a super whim trip to Vieques. We met a, a a couple with a 10-year-old and my daughter just hit it off with him. And they said, gosh, too bad you're too bad we're going to Vieques tomorrow. Or otherwise, you know, we could continue this and they could play some more. And I said, Well, I don't know where Vieques is, but I don't have a hotel room for tomorrow. So we'll just tag along if that's okay. And having having done that, and then we had the magic of the Bio Bay tour 
And if you haven't ever seen a glass bottom kayak with a fish darting underneath it in the water, like bright as bright as day underneath you, like it's just, uh, it's one of the most incredible experience. Like I get goosebumps right now just talking about it. Mm. Um, and then we, we followed that up with the next morning, having this amazing horseback ride and like, we didn't, we didn't plan for it. So we didn't have a car. And so we were relying on people who gave us rides across the islands and, and it's just, it was a, a situation where, you know, the island was so safe that we were hitchhiking and the, um, the island was so great that there was, uh, you know, 21 miles worth of beaches on either side of the island. And it was just um, one of the most, I think, one of the most impactful two days of my life. And I thought to myself, gosh, I just, you know, Puerto Rico is so incredible in so many ways. I just, I knew that as I started looking around places and as, you know, I found some affordable things in Puerto Rico that I, I really had to pull that trigger. And then Alaska, I lived in Alaska for three years and I loved it so much. Fished in the Kenai, which is where, uh, where our dome house is located. And I just really needed an excuse to go back and an excuse to go back, not at the coldest time of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I will say that we're going to make it, uh, you know, a fantastic place to be, even if it's the coldest time of the year. And we've even, you know, looked at some ways of making that coldest time of the year, like really incredibly fun. Um, trying to contact some of my old dog sledding friends so that they can maybe pick you up from the train. If you take the Flagstaff train or, um, just make sure that you have, you know, cross country skis available for you. Just trying to make the winter really fun for those winter lovers. Um, and, and that inspires me as, you know, trying to create spaces that I would want to go myself. And yeah. so if I look at my space and I'm like, ah, I miss it so much. Like my heart misses Vieques right now. And, and, uh, that's, that's what I look for in yeah. a place. Wow. A uh, couple follow-up questions to that. First and <laughs> foremost, why were you living in, if you don't mind me asking Alaska for three years? Like what, what brought you there? life adventure? life adventure and were you so you're yeah, working sometimes you call boys it's oh, a okay. thing okay yeah <laughs> that's that's incredible wow okay i think you might be the the first person that i've ever met that has lived in alaska so that's kind of cool there's six degrees of alaska though if you start talking about alaska everyone knows somebody from alaska okay well now i do <laughs> so I, I feel i feel extra special uh, and and then, it is warmer than Wisconsin. So okay. there's that. There is that. There is that. <laughs> Good. I guess, yeah, worth worth keeping in mind. Um, and then when when you were on, when you're in Puerto Rico and then you stumbled into, you by chance, Vieques, what was it about the place? It sounds like it's absolutely beautiful. And I, on your website, right, seeing the photos and video that you have up there, I mean, it, it just, it is nothing short of magical uh, from what I can tell, but you know, there, there are a lot of other, you know, beautiful islands. Um, there's, you know, you've got the, the whole uh, Caribbean where there's a lot of opportunity there. Was there anything like what had brought you to Puerto Rico for the, in, you know, in the first place, do you travel there often? Do you uh, have any sort of connection there, f you know, from family or otherwise, or how did you even stumble upon it to begin with? So I had this idea, um, I was going through just a rough time and needed some needed some travel in my life to kind of shore that up. And we travel hack. And so we open credit cards in order to travel for free. And I really love travel hacking. And so that year, Izzy traveled for free the full year because of Southwest travel hacking. Wow. 
And um, what I'll say is that we decided since we had that companion pass that we were going to just finish off my 50 states. And I had, I feel like I had 12 left or something like that. And we were going to try and couple that with places that, you know, seemed really useful for her in terms of she really loves dinosaurs. So tried to really make it a dinosaurific trip. Just to clarify, Izzy is your daughter? Yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. great, great. My my now 11-year-old. Now 11-year-old. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. So she loves dinosaurs. And she's my partner in crime. We we write travel books together and just she's so much fun. See, we decided that we were going to try and do the 50 states and Puerto Rico was the only one left at that point. Wow. And so, you know, Southwest flies to Puerto Rico. Our flights are $11 with our points. And it was just time to go. Wow. No connections whatsoever. But once you go to Puerto Rico or once you have a connection in Puerto Rico, you have connections in Puerto Rico. (laughs) So now when, you know, when people and everyone knows that I have these rentals, everyone is from Puerto Rico or everyone knows someone from Puerto Rico. (laughs) It's funny how that works, huh? Yeah, I guess it I, is. I guess it's similar to everyone knowing, you know, somebody who uh, lives in Alaska. So I guess that's that's the common thread here, right? That's why you've got a place in Alaska and Puerto Rico. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm really curious, Kelly. You most people when they decide that they want to jump into the short term rental space or even just kind of a, acquire a second home uh, to primarily, you know, to use as a vacation home. They typically choose a place a couple hours, maybe a few hours from where they live so that they can, you know, I think the goal, the the standard that people say is like, you should buy a vacation home about three hours and, you know, driving distance from where you live, something like that, right? So talk, you, you bought, you know, multiple places that are literally thousands of miles from where you live. Uh, Talk to us about how you even got these up and running, right? You, you got them all up and running in a relatively short period of time. I know that we're still, you're still in the process of getting some up and running. And how did you manage all of that from thousands of miles away? Just like, what were the logistics like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll say that the, the first thing is that we actually, we tried to do it here in Wisconsin. Um, first and foremost, put a, an offer in on a river house that was just phenomenal. Amazing. However, um, the realtor and the owner actually lied about easement to it. Mm. And so that fell through. So it wasn't quite as jump into crazy as it sounds, um, (laughs) but it was pretty jump into crazy. Um, And I would say that the, the first thing is you have, you know, you have so many logistical tools. Like I love Trello for keeping track of all my lists. I make lists for my construction folks. I make timelines for them. I assign things to them. I assign like different um, purchase lists associated with that. Mm. Keep track of what I bought, make checklists and things like that. So I love that. Um, Google lists, you know, I, I seriously wouldn't survive without Google docs and Google lists to make my construction contracts and to make sure that, you know, when I'm creating a construction contract, that there's a timeline associated with it, and then it costs the contractor if they don't produce in that time frame. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, it it also allows for any kind of change orders, and so they have to submit a change order back on that Google sheet in order to have it approved prior to doing it. Things like that were absolutely necessary. But as much as I say all of that, um, you know, the biggest thing that I'll say is finding the people. 
And we stumbled onto our contractors. And unfortunately, as much as we love, love, love them as people, there were so many hiccups with the contractors we had in Vieques. You know, there's just cigarette butts everywhere and trash piles and beer cans. And like the <clears throat> we had purchased a um, a bed frame and they left it outside and like just crazy amounts of stuff. They never finished a deck. They never finished or um, not a deck, but a loft. Um and just, you know, just the lack of attention to detail, like blew my mind and it blew our budget and it blew our timeline. And so I think that there's a certain amount of, you know, there's a certain amount of, you have to really, really trust the people, but you also need to trust, but verify. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I'll say is you should always have someone doing your construction. You should always have a construction contract. You should always have something legally binding. Work with construction contractors who have licenses. Make sure that you check with the locals, especially when it's fairly, fairly far away. So now that we're really entrenched with the locals and we have two caretakers that, honest to God, I cannot say enough about them. Now I have that network, <clears throat> whereas when I first started, you know, I just I followed I followed the path of who I found. And uh, and then the trust but verify part, part of it is you have those caretakers. So find some folks that you really trust and that come with really good reviews from the, um, the locals. And then take that trust and use more than one of them to really make sure that you're checking on both ends of it, right? So yeah. make sure that you, the first thing that you think about is having some cameras up on the yard so you can actually watch like what time frames they're there. Make sure that, you know, you have them do weekly or daily walkthroughs, which I will say our contractors were doing that pretty well. And then have your, your caretaker, whoever you've set in place there, do the exact same thing so that you've got that secondary look at what's actually happening on property. Yeah. And that'll save a ton because there was theft, there was, there was issues. There was, you know, there was the largest trash heap I've ever seen in my entire lifetime when we got there. And I'll say that, you know, when we got there immediately after construction, I just spent a vast majority of my time just crying. So Mm. it's, it's a big joke between us, but I think we chose the absolute hardest of the hard um, projects first. Uh, and we look at Utah, which is super off grid and it seems almost cakewalk. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I mean, you know, you jumped in full with, mm-hmm. with both feet when it came to your first Airbnb stay, staying in a room with somebody else uh, in somebody else's home and they, <laughs> they were all living there. So it makes sense that you'd also, you know, jump in with both feet to the hardest of, you know, first str projects it's it's very on brand uh, i would say <laughs> well if you haven't ever read it it's totally worth doing it but everything is figure outable by maria forlay was my bible during all of that time it was just a matter of having the right mindset that yes this is a setback yes it's a setback when you can't get anything shipped from the island or where half of your construction goods are not available in puerto rico but you can figure out a way around anything on this planet. I guarantee you after getting a fridge to Vacus can well be said. done. Well said. I, <laughs> I, I believe you. I believe you. It, I might, my, my heart is like palpitating and I, I feel like my you know blood pressure rising just out of, you know, uh, I, I can feel the stress. I can imagine being there and having to deal all the deal with all of this. But, um, I mean, it's, it's incredible what you guys have created and it's beautiful. And I'm sure 
as as it really starts taking off um in a couple years from now you're going to look back and you're going to forget the pain you're going to forget how hard it was to ship that fridge because you're going to be reminded by about just how serene this place is and really sort of this oasis that you all have brought to life that you know not only you get to use but that you get to share with the world well, there's a phrase that we use a lot in veterinary medicine, and it really, really works for travel as well, but saltwater heals everything. Mm, yeah, I like that. So talk to us a little bit about some of your favorite aspects of each home, right? So, and and I know I mentioned the three homes. I think right before we got online, you mentioned you might have another one or two that you're also working on. So um, talk to us yeah. a little bit about like where where each uh, what what you love most about each home. Maybe just like one or two uh, particular aspects that you think are unique, and or even if they're not that unique, they're you know uh, they mean a lot to you. So I think I've alluded to it before, but one of the things that really led us to each home was the experience and the location and the things that are associated with them as much as the houses themselves. And I'm super proud of the things in the houses. I really like, I love the plans that we have um, and they're they're going to be so incredibly fun. However, just the, the aesthetic of where they're at and the things around them are also just incredible off the charts. So for Viacus, I think that the 9,000 wild horses that outnumber the people, there's only 7,000 people on island at any point. Now that is, that's probably my favorite thing in the wide, wide world about Viacus, you know, and, and it has a huge yard. So you want those horses in the yard, open the gate. You don't like, no problem. You close the gate, but between that and we have an iguana, a pet iguana that lives in the yard named Bob. Uh, we have, you know, chickens running all over. It's just, it's a really nice wild landscape. You can go out to the front yard and pick your papaya and your mango straight off the tree. You can, you can eventually, um, right now you can go look for them, but eventually there will be a um, chicken coop where you can go out and get your own fresh egg off the, you know, off the yard. Or, you know, if you want to get a little adventurous, go down to Mosquito Pier, dip in the water and grab yourself a lobster out. There's Jeez. no fishing license wow. required. Just go grab yourself a lobster. And I'll tell you straight up, the grill does an amazing job with those. There's a, a fully stocked kitchen, you know, so you can have fun, like really trying to chef it up. Um, my significant other is a chef. So he's had full oversight as to what is or isn't in the kitchen. Um, and just the idea of, of hanging out in our loft space in this super romantic little loft bedroom and being able to open the French doors and look out into this beautiful yard and like listen to the frogs and listen to the birds and see the ponies in your yard. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't, I don't know if I can say enough about it, but the, the breeze that comes through there, the, you know, the, just the charming way that everything kind of sounds and smells in the morning is just so magic. Wow. And then I probably should switch to the others, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have so, a favorite child, but if you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alaska's way up there. So I've been dreaming of Alaska for a long, long time, too. Now, this Alaskan dome has a big, um, it, it's got a big area up top. So it's got a lofted space. And in that lofted space, it's it's a little bit of a peak. And it has 360 degree windows. Wow. So lay in your bed with these 
360 degree windows and just look out at the Alaskan landscape, the dark, dark night sky. I'm going to try and have all three of these qualified as dark zones so that, you know, they're, they're protected for staying dark and, and for making sure that we have a dark night sky that you can look at. And in the wintertime, you know, watch the Northern lights play above you. Like that's incredible. And the idea too is to make sure that the heat is in the center of the house. So there's a wood stove there that's going to be in the center of the house. And that makes everything really nice and warm and cozy. So big, huge comforters cuddled up in your bed, maybe with your coffee on the nightstand next door or, um, you know, your hot chocolate, because Lord knows that's delicious too. (laughs) And, uh, and just, you know, we'll have some books there and we'll have some recommendations from guest to guest to guest and just see how cozy you can really be. One of the things that we're looking to do, and Steve has not signed off on this yet, but help me, help me tell him how cool this is. I'm going to have a hand tied rope hammock that goes across part of that section so that we can have a, a big um, skylight and you can lay on this rope hammock and just look up at the night sky and read your book and have so much fun. Oh, that sounds amazing. I, I would, I would be in there all day. You read a book, right? listen to your podcasts, uh, you know, wh- wh- whatever, whatever floats your boat. But I think that that's uh, that's a fantastic idea. And that's a, that's actually a unique feature that I haven't seen in many places. So uh, for what that's worth, uh, you can you can tell Steve that Zach thinks it's a great idea. <laughs> Let's not tell my insurance company and we'll be all set. Yeah, I was going to say that that might be the one hiccup. But, you know, hey, details, <laughs> details, details. Right. Um, well, and I don't want Utah to feel unloved, but Utah will get a very large deck, outdoor kitchen, and uh, we found the coolest two-person off-grid hot tub that you've ever seen in your entire lifetime. Wow. And so I'm I'm super stoked about that, but it's nestled in between all of these ATV, UTV, cross-country skiing trails. Like there's just, it's not it's only 250 square feet. It's not meant for you to be inside. It just isn't, you know, get out and enjoy yourself and explore Utah because it's nestled in between a whole bunch of national parks. And let's face it, like Utah is not meant for indoors. And so it's pretty utilitarian indoors, but the outdoors really encourages you to come out and and grill something good and, uh, and make sure that you sit in the hot tub and like, just make sure that you enjoy the night sky. And the nice thing about it is the two sides both have these mountains and you'll see the sunset on one side of the mountains and you'll see the sunrise on the other side of the mountains. And, you know, you walk out your door to see that. Wow. Ah, uh, I should have asked this earlier, but you know, I, I feel like while these, while all three of these homes are, pretty unique and pretty diverse in terms of their, you know, location and, and even sort of the type of home, they all seem to have this one thing in common, which is that you're really meant to spend a lot of time, maybe not outdoors, but really appreciating nature, right? Like, it sounds like you all have been very intentional about like, hey, in Utah, we want you to be outside, you know, in Alaska, it might be a little bit cold, but we want to craft an experience so that you can, the outside comes inside, right? And in Vieques, right, we we really want you to go play with the horses and, you know, pick yourself a nice, you know, papaya, right? So do you and, and, um, and Steve and your daughter, do you all love the outdoors? Like, do, does this does this go back? Is this is this kind of like a, a, a deep part of kind of who you all are as a as a family or talk to us a little about your own love for the outside? So we 
we kind of subscribe to the less, the less you plan, the more you live mm. and certainly, you know, have less, do more. And so I think the biggest thing that, that we've really thought about, and it probably doesn't show well, like my house here in Wisconsin is 5,000 square feet. It's huge. It's a big historic <laughs> home in Milwaukee. And so there's, there's definitely like a little bit of, you know, uh, maybe dissonance there, but we are a huge, huge believer in, you don't need a lot of space to really enjoy where you are. And, you know, and beyond that, like, I, I think a little bit, if, if the space is designed really well, you don't feel it. So mm. we're in the process of converting a school bus and, you know, 150 square feet doesn't sound like a lot for a family of three plus dog, um, plus rats, plus God knows what else they're going to pick <laughs> up along the way. Right. <laughs> And so it, it's definitely a situation where I think if you are really intentional about making the space that you have just really incredible, um, and using that space really wisely and using it for the things that matter, it feels bigger than if you have a 5,500 square foot house that's filled up with stuff. Yeah. You know, we have rooms that we literally don't walk into. Yeah. We have a pirate room that is one of her playrooms that I, I swear she's been in it three times this year. And so it's definitely one of those things where everyone gravitates to the living room. Anyways, everyone gravitates towards being together. There's no reason that we can't do that in a smaller space. And so like, as we're designing that bus, you know, it's all about how comfy can we make that couch? How comfy can we make our bed? Like how great can we make that little shower? And that's how we look at our spaces out and about too. You know, 250 square feet sounds like nothing for Utah, but it has everything you need. Yeah. It has this comfiest Murphy bed anyone has ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all, you know, so encapsulated that yeah, the wood stove gets it kind of kind of crazy hot in there. You can you can play with it a little bit, but it's it's definitely not uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So. I have to imagine that there's a part of this process that you love most, right? I mean, it sounds like you've got your Trello boards and your Google Sheets and you've got, you know, <laughs> all, all these plans and you've got these local networks and all these little places that are helping kind of look out for, you know, the home and find good contractors to work on the homes and, and whatnot. So it, it sounds like, a, quite frankly, like relatively overwhelming, but like a, a, there's a lot <laughs> happening, right? And so I, I want to ask, like, what, what, part of the process do you love most? Like what brings you sort of the the most joy? Is it finding the space initially? Is it coming up with the plans for, you know, what the renovation is going to look like or what the build's going to look like? Is it the actual, you know, hosting experience? Like what what is it about this new world that you've stepped into that you love the most? Well, that's such a dirty question. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> um Apologies for the cold. Um, it's it's tough to say because I really like there is nothing better on a Sunday afternoon than opening up Zillow and setting your find to anything under fifty thousand dollars and just going state by state. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, there's there's that part of it. Like I love the business part of it. Um, that's you know that's my day job is is running businesses. So just running the numbers and understanding you know how to put that all together and understanding who to go to for those types of things. Like I love I love that part of it. Figuring out how to do insurance on crazy places in Utah, right? Um, 
So all of those things are really incredible and fun and I enjoy them. I enjoy the marketing part of it. Like mm. I, I really do enjoy the marketing quite a bit, like making those videos and really getting good, good play on those videos and, and things like that. And just keeping people informed about where we're at with different things. It's been, it's been almost like we've created this little family of people who are interested and waiting for, you know, waiting on bated breath for our, our places. So that's fun. And then, I mean, you know, we're talking about meeting new people in other places. I'm the most extroverted extrovert who's ever existed. So the fact that I get to leverage, uh, the fact that I get to leverage people that I haven't seen in a while, or the fact that I get to um, interact with people that are just like our caretakers down in Vieques, Odie and Isabel, like, oh my goodness. And Kidani, our, our, um, he does our patio, which is mowing our lawn. Just incredible people. I love them so much. Mm. And they are so, so invested in our home. And that's just, that makes them family. And in Alaska, Cody and her husband, Morgan, like they're, I knew Cody from one veterinary conference ages and ages ago. And she drove all the way out to Kisilov to go check out this place that I hadn't seen in, in person before I bought it. Like these people are I mean, they're incredible. And then you get to the guests and the guests are just like the guests. All they want to do is experience something that you've already put your stamp on. And they're trusting you to deliver like this amazing, this amazing weekend. Cause they only do do this once a month or once a week or once a year. You know, they only have that finite amount of time that two weeks of vacation time that the U S gives them to go do and experience something that makes them forget about everything else that's going on in their life. Yeah. So you have to make sure that when they go, not having sunscreen doesn't ruin their trip. Yeah. You have to yeah. make sure that when they go, you know, not being able to find scuba gear because it's Sunday and nothing's open doesn't ruin their trip. Right. Or not having, uh, you know, a vehicle to get around, uh, or, you know, or getting to a place and not having salt, like, that can ruin your trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, very well said. So I guess the answer is you love it all. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. But, but it, it, it's <laughs> I'm neat. sorry. I have no, no good answer. No, it's, it's <laughs> neat to hear you tease that out and, and talk about each part of it too. And what, what makes each, uh, each step in the process so interesting and, and, and really sort of like, you know, the itch that it scratches, uh, in you, then you, you've got, you've just got a wide set of interest and that's incredible. That, that makes you good at this. Um, other people might find it overwhelming and exhausting, but it sounds like you, you almost get a little bit of a high off of it, which is, which is great. Um, I, thank I have, you ADD. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. One of the positives. Um, <laughs> so I, I have two final questions for you, Kelly. One is around you along the way developed a course to help introduce other people that are interested in becoming short-term rental hosts uh, to the space. What inspired you to kind of produce that course? And are there a couple, you know, takeaways from it that you think are especially interesting or helpful or valuable that if anyone listening today is kind of thinking about, you know, getting started, they might want to go check out your course. Why, why should they uh, give it a watch? Well, so I, I got into this and I, I actually purchased two courses. And one course was helpful, um, but not very in depth. And one course, course, you know, got me really excited. But again, like it just didn't, 
it didn't take care of the problems that I was immediately having. Hmm. And the problems that I was immediately having was taking enormous amounts of my time. Hmm. And so instead of, you know, instead of having like a really good answer of, Hey, I'm, I need to find a booking platform that actually allows me to book without having an Airbnb, you know, startup, um, startup hosting site. Like, how do I do that? Or the question of, Hey, you know, what should I write to my guests first or what should the communication cadence be? Or the question of who do I contact Hmm. to find out if Airbnb is actually allowed? Because if I go by what short-term rentals are listed on Airbnb, VRBO, any of the OTAs, you know, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of places where it's illegal to have a short-term rental, but there's 50 rentals on that site. And so it, it, I'll also tell you that, especially when you're getting into off-grid, if you get outside of a city limit, it is incredibly hard to figure out who you need to talk to yeah. to actually get those answers. And so having done it a few times, I didn't want that knowledge to be something that someone else, um, I didn't want that knowledge to be something that someone else struggled with as well. Yeah. I really yeah. needed it to be a one-stop shop where they, you know, where someone could actually do this and where someone doesn't get daunted, you know, five seconds into the first problem that they encounter. So I tried to just put all of my answers into one place because frankly, I needed them all in one place and I needed it to be a repeatable thing. So I needed it to be something that I could utilize for my virtual assistants. And so that I could really make sure that I could use it as a training program for them as well. And I thought, man, if I'm using this as a training program for my virtual assistants, then why not leverage it and use it for other people? And I've had so many people reach out to me and say, hey, how do you evaluate a property? Or how do you even find a property? Or how do you set up a construction contract? And each of those individual things are something that I'm really happy to help someone with. Hmm. But Two weeks down the road, you're going to have another question. Two weeks down the road, you're going to have another question. So instead of, you know, instead of giving them little pieces, little pieces, little pieces, can I just give them this entire course and have it answer every question that I came up on and questions that I saw out and about. So I just went to a bunch of the short-term rental um, forums that I'm involved with. And any question that I hadn't run up against, I wrote down and did the research and, you know, did the answer and tried to make it as cookie cutter and as, as one, two, three followable as I possibly could. And it just has made the course continually bigger. Hmm. It's, it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, I'm just going to write a course on how to market these. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. The licensing, I'm going to write a course on how to license them. And I, I got to the point where I just was thinking to myself, it really needs to be a one-stop shop. Yeah. Like they need to be able to come in here and top to finish, put together an Airbnb. Yeah. And yeah, there might be something that's real specific to your area or specific to your country or whatever that might be, or specific to your Airbnb. Like for, for example, you can't find where to shut off the water in Vieques, Puerto Rico, but um, you need to have at least a good plan for how to figure those things out. So trying to give people a really followable plan, no matter what thing kind of comes up and gets in their way. 
Very, very well said. And sounds like it's a very comprehensive course. So we'll have a, a link to it below. So folks who are tuning in can go check it out and get in touch with you if they've got any questions about um, how to get started and in, in, enroll in the course. My, um, my last question for you, Kelly, is, you know, what's next? So I know that a lot of you've got these <laughs> these massive projects that are underway. Um, the Vieques home is is uh, up and available, and, and folks can book. The other two homes will yep. be will be available soon. Um, what wh- where where's Kelly's head at right now? Like, are you already dreaming of your your next place? Are we, you know, so really much. focused on these <laughs> these existing places? Like, uh, give us just a sneak peek into what the future of Croning Castles will look like. You know, you have you always have that that couple mindset right and if it works well you have one person in the couple who is you we're gonna do this and you have one person in that couple who maybe slows things down just a little bit so lord loves steve for occasionally saying maybe we should have one running before we buy another three (laughs) maybe yeah yeah and and, you know just because someone says that they're going to own or finance for you does not mean that you need to buy it right now so he's been very uh he's been the ground to to my sky but um i think that we have a couple of big ones that we have very much on the on the horizon a friend of mine derek um Diedrichsen is a phenomenal, phenomenal treehouse builder, and I really want to leverage him at some point in time to do a treehouse. I would love to have it have an opening side, so one side would open to the sunrise, one side would open to the sunset. Oh wow! So, Derek, if you're listening to this, like I expect that. Thank you. <laughs> I um, just have to find some good land where we can do that legally, um, and that's been a little bit of a struggle, but we're working on it. And then uh, the other thing that we really want to do is a steampunk house. So someplace that just has that Victorian aesthetic, wow. you know, a little bit of craziness, some hidden spaces, some, yeah, you know, some bookcases that are magically doors that have spaces behind them and in uh, a tinkers area for the kids so that they can build their own airships and things like that. Just super, super fun, kind of off the charts, crazy little place. I have a, amazing photographer who does steampunk portraits who would um put his time available on the on the site so that that would be part of your potential experience and um he's super excited to get started on that as well just a place where you can really go and have fun and to my knowledge i have not i've searched i have not seen any other steampunk rentals available so that would be kind of a fun you know fun first try yeah um yeah and we're as as he's down in Vieques, he's looking at a container home that we might purchase. So, wow, fun stuff all around. Fun, yeah, fun <laughs> stuff all around. And the the Cronin Castle Empire is growing. Um, that's exciting. <laughs> well, Kelly, this has been this has been a blast. Um, for folks that want to follow you, uh, follow this journey, uh, you know, stay in Vieques. Um, and also just once the, the other homes are, are fully available, book those places, what's the best, uh, place for them to find you, to connect with you, et cetera. We can have links to social and websites and all that fun stuff in the show notes. Um, but what's your kind of like preferred method for people to get in touch? So www.croninscastles.com is our website and we are on Facebook and Instagram under Cronin's Castles. 
And yeah, I would really love it if people reach out. I'm I'm so social. I would love to tell you anything. If you have questions, if you have someplace that you're starting, if you have design ideas, I don't care. I want to talk to you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I hope others will as as well. I'm sure they will. So Kelly, thank you so much for your time. This has been a blast and keep doing what you're doing. You are adding a lot of creative uh, value to this space and it's fun. It's I, I always, I'm always excited by people who are deciding to build their, you know, little short-term rental empires, but do so in like different ways as opposed to just sort of like flipping houses or like, you know, flipping like run-of-the-mill, you know, apartments or, or studios. Like all that stuff is is cool and whatnot and to each his own, right? But like it's for me just personally, it's way more exciting to think, oh, what does it look like to create a different kind of treehouse Let's start there and then let's figure out where in the country that should, you know, live, right? Uh, if it can live anywhere at all. And so I love what you're doing. I think this is a really exciting opportunity for folks who, again, are wanting to get into the space. I, I'd say that my, you know, two takeaways here for folks is one, think about something that you can do that is different. Think about something that you can do that isn't being done everywhere else and really lean yep. into that. And then number two, I would say is, I think it's really, really smart to start with not one or two or three, like start, start with a two or three if you can. Right. And I think why is you're going to learn so much along the way that you might as well sort of like learn it, take a crash course and how to do this right uh, in, in multiple different arenas, because I don't know, I, I would imagine in, in the long run, you put in the work now and it, it'll, it'll start paying off a little bit quicker. Um, again, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm, I don't even, I don't yeah. own my own uh, STR yet, but like, that's kind of where, where my mind goes. Well, and you said, if you can do that, I think that's a really important point because I'm, I work in veterinary medicine. I've made $10 an hour my entire life and I've saved 50% of my income, but it's, it's been a struggle. So I know there are a lot of people out there that want to do this and just can't even imagine how they can make this work financially. There are lots of different options for you. Yeah. Just, again, everything is figure outable. You will figure out a way to do it. There are lots of different ways that are mentioned in my course, in other courses. You know, there's arbitrage, there's um, owner financing, which is how I got a few of mine. There's lots of ways that you can leverage what you have, even if you don't have a lot. I'll tell you, Utah only cost us $15,000. You know, it's just, it's an option yeah. for you and you can make a space just incredible by paying attention and putting that attention to detail. And Zach, I love your podcast so much. Obviously have loved it enough to listen to it twice. So in its entirety, so keep making episodes so that yeah. I don't have to listen to them over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to up my game. Um, well, thank you, Kelly. This has been a blast. And uh, again, for everyone listening, all the links to Cronin Castles and their social profiles and Kelly's social profiles, you can find below. All right, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. 
Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at Spontaneous.com. Last, but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.